0: Hello, everyone. My guest today is Roy Renani. He's the CEO of Chorus.ai and an engineer with a passion for business and sales. He spent his career working with startups and advising technology companies on strategy and operations. He started his career at Bain & Company and holds a, uh, an engineering, uh, engineering science degree from the University of Toronto and an MBA from Stanford. He was the first hire at Eric Schmidt's Innovation Endeavors. Roy, are you ready to take us to the top? Can't wait. Thanks for having me. Very good. So, you know, we were joking before the call, you're in a hot space, call tracking, sp- specifically in the sales and marketing kind of tech stack space. So what's your angle on this? What's chorus.ai and what's your business model? How do you make money?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I would say that over the last couple of years, there's become more and more of an interest in calling. And so there was the an original kind of group of companies that were making it easy to record calls do more dials they were more focused on the activity side of things and in sales that started with the outbound prospecting so the guys that had to do a hundred dials a day more efficiently and the opportunity that we found uh, and we were I would say one of the one of the first doing that started that started doing this about three years ago was that there was an opportunity for the actual quota carrying salespeople right so not just the 22 year olds that are the heart of building pipeline in sales organizations, but the folks that are actually closing deals and renewing deals. Um, And so those people are doing less calling, but they're doing meetings. They're doing discoveries, they're doing demos, they're building consensus, they're negotiating, they're upselling, they're renewing. And sales teams will do thousands of those meetings a quarter, and those meetings just happen and they essentially disappear, right? There's no record of what was discussed, um there's so many of these things happening that managers have no idea what's happening and so you essentially have this black box around what is the most important thing that any salesperson does right and what we found was that in every other part of business you look at the fundamental drivers of performance you measure them and you improve them and when it comes to closing revenue and renewing revenue that most fundamental activity is a conversation and there was no data on it so what we wanted to do with Chorus was help businesses realize that a conversation is the most valuable thing that anybody on their team does, make it easy to record and capture those conversations, and then understand them at scale using technology. And by doing that, help people close more business, help reps make more money, help businesses better understand their customers and their markets so that they can build better products.
0: Now, do you you dive into actual kind of voice things, i.e. can you tell um, a sales manager uh, or a CRO that their number one sales rep who always beats quota says the word price three minutes in versus everyone else waits until minute 18, they should change what they're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We focused a lot on making those types of uh, insights really actionable to folks. So it turns out that um, you know, you picked up one around pricing, but it turns out that discounting is something that happens on, you know, we've analyzed over a million calls at this point and it'll tend to come up on maybe 25 to 30% of conversations. And what you find is that the way that discounting is brought up is very, very different depending on if you're a very experienced rep or a less experienced rep. So everybody offers the discount, but very few people get something in return for it right? And some people offer the discount very, very early on in the sales cycle. Some people wait until they know that there's a real deal in place and they understand the timeline and they're using the discount to get something concrete. So what we try to do is build algorithms that are going to surface very actionable, very hard ROI types of moments for sales teams. So that as soon as you start using Chorus within a week, we're going to hopefully find moments that cover the cost of the platform for your entire company for the entire year.
0: Which is what? What's the average customer paying you per month? I know you probably have cohorts, but if I forced you into an average, what would it be?
1: Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is we can't, we don't want to talk about pricing until we've looked at value. But what I would say is we are competitive with any other core piece of the sales stack, right? So competitive with something like a salesforce.com.
0: So so let me give you a hypothetical because I'm going to align the hypothetical with my audience members because they're obviously I want them to obviously evaluate course. If someone has a team of 10, right, uh, they're doing, I'm going to make this up, a million in ARR uh, and they're going, yeah, we're bringing on two, we have like two salespeople, we're bringing on a third and a fourth. Maybe they're doing a seed round of funding. What should they expect to pay for the platform? Are we talking a hundred per month, 10 grand per month, a grand per month?
1: Yeah, it would be more around the hundred per month range. Okay,
0: got it. And is that an, is that a, uh, an accurate description of the majority of your customers or are they typically bigger or smaller than that?
1: I would say there's, there's a range, the the people, people will buy cores for very different reasons, depending on the size of the business. So if you're a smaller team, like the one that you described, the number one reason that people will buy is because they'll all have that one account executive that's been around for two or three years that knows the product inside out. They know how to position it versus competition. They know how to create urgency. They know how to do all of those things. And you're buying an insurance policy. Because if that person decides to leave for whatever reason, there's a family emergency. Who knows? They decide to to go to that shiny startup around the block. You've now lost all of those um, all of that gold around uh, what they're doing that's so effective. Um, and so, you know, typically if you're that startup, um, it's incredibly important for you to hit your numbers to continue to show growth. And so, it's very difficult to ramp up a new rep uh, if you don't have those call recordings. And then In addition to that, making it very easy to find the ten out of maybe hundreds that are really important to listen to because they deal with a certain competitive situation or a certain part of the sales cycle uh, or a certain objection.
0: This is basically you're auto creating a training manual for scaling a sales team just by recording these calls. In a worst case scenario,
1: yeah, I think I think that that's the simplest thing, right? The simplest thing is this is this is a data set that you want. Um, More and more, what we're finding is managers and and vps of sales are starting to use chorus as a way to manage their day-to-day business right and so we have some customers that tell us that they spend more time in chorus than they do in salesforce.com simply because salesforce is a lagging it's a lagging system right it requires sales reps to go in and update certain fields and it's based on the reps interpretation of what happened in that meeting Um, And so for a lot of managers, if there's a deal that they care about, they can pull it up in chorus with one click and immediately they'll be able to see everything that was talked about, what was or wasn't discussed, whether or not this deal is actually going to come in, you know, end of month as the rep is forecasting. Um, And so what we're trying to do is find out more and more how to take it away from just training and coaching, which is a very high value use case into something that is a part of your day-to-day.
0: That sounds like a sales pitch to Salesforce. Are you in acquisition talks right now? <laughs>
1: um, if, if, we, if we had to sell, we'd be really disappointed.
0: Yeah, take us, that's a, you've practiced that, Roy. That was very smooth. That was a very good answer to that question. <laughs> and take, take, me back to, uh, take me back to the start. What year did you launch the company in?
1: Uh, we launched it in 2015.
0: And did you decide, have you decided to kind of bootstrap or have you raised capital?
1: No. So, you know, pretty early on, um, we, we realized that if we wanted to tackle this market and, you know, the way that I talk about it with my team is that there's a billion dollar enterprise value company five to seven years from now, that's ours to lose. And it's simply because there, you know, th- this data set of customer conversations and meetings is so valuable and so core to a business, um, that there's no way that, uh, Every company in the world isn't starting to to record and track and learn from and act on the insights um, in these meetings. And so um, when we started out, we had a decision to make about whether we outsource the technology or whether we build it all ourselves. And we decided to build it all ourselves to to do a couple of things that you can only do when you when you build the build this technology yourself. So very early on, um, we, you know, we spoke to investors and we were fortunate enough uh, to close a seed round, uh, a pretty substantial $6 million seed round, uh, that was led by Emergence Capital. Was that um, priced or, or was that a note? Um, it was actually, it was priced. Yeah, it was priced. So we did, we actually did a friends and family round, um, that was based on a safe. And did you go through YC? Uh, we did not, but we decided to use the safe, um, just to keep things simple. And, uh, what was funny was that we were actually planning on doing a seed round based on the safe, but, uh, Things went so well with emergence that they decided to price it immediately. And so all the friends and family that had come on, on the safe immediately got converted into the price round. So it's, uh, so the answer is it's, it's both.
0: How much have you raised to date total?
1: Um, over $20 million. Yeah. So we had the seed round that was led by emergence and then Redpoint came in, uh, and led the a, and what are you at today in terms of team size? We're, uh, a little over 40 people, um, equally split between research and development and the go-to-market side.
0: Location wise, all San, where are you based split up between?
1: Uh, it's complicated. So, um, our R and D team is in Tel Aviv. When I started the business, I was actually living in Switzerland and, um, I've since moved to the Bay area and our go-to-market team is here.
0: Got it. Okay. So, so Tel Aviv and San Francisco, mm-hmm. how did you get this team set up in Tel Aviv to do the R and
1: D? so my uh although i'm canadian originally my entire family lives in tel aviv uh or in israel and my first job uh in college was working for an israeli enterprise software company Uh, so friendships family um, and me being in switzerland when i started the company just made tel aviv like the obvious place Um, but it goes without saying that it's you know it's about people and uh, my two co-founders uh, Mika and Russell uh, are based in Tel Aviv, and they were the right people to start the business with.
0: So you're three years in, team of forty, super viable algorithm built around a very hot space, twenty million raised. What do you have today in terms of total customers paying for you guys?
1: Um, we don't we don't get into the specifics, but you could you could peg us around hundred enterprise customers, um, and those are ranging from large companies like Qualtrics with hundreds of sales reps and AdRoll um, to those you know. Hot, high-growth startups like the Outreaches of the World, Everstring, Visible, Uberflip, uh, Vidyard—all um, of those folks. So we, we, we've, we've had we, many we of those. Like
0: you know, we, we've had many of those folks on the show in the past 60 days. So those are all those are good names.
1: That's amazing. Are you just can you can you give me a lead list? I was from, about to uh, say past guests.
0: I was about to say you can literally go to getlatka.com, which just creates company profiles from these audio things, and you will see Vidyard. You'll see Michael, obviously lit in there. You'll see all these companies. So it's good. Um, very good. All right. So good. I mean, so you, when I asked that question, I learned a lot from that, right? Cause you chose to say kind of, we have a hundred enterprise. I mean, are you continuing to go up market if someone's listening right now and they're just like a four or five, 10 person startup, is this not the fit for them?
1: No, I think, I, I think, you know, we, we just, we, we sell for very different reasons. And I think that the, you know, the core product that we started with, you know, that we went to market with a year and a half ago, for example, um, would have been better suited for small businesses. And as you add more functionality, like a deep bi-directional Salesforce integration, or the ability to take all of your data that chorus is generating and push it into a redshift instance so that you can build dashboards in Domo or Tableau or Periscope or Looker, uh, or, or anything like that. Um, that functionality, uh, just lends itself more to the enterprise. And, um, Of course, the type of value that we can deliver just goes up exponentially the larger your team is because you have that much less visibility into what's happening.
0: Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups, and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or a CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot. And I want to tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal, and I want to show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use www.thetopinbox.com. Last question related to revenue. I mean, uh, I mean, have you guys passed? Uh, and and be as vague as you want. But have you passed like the ten million dollars ARR mark?
1: We're not there yet. We're okay. not there yet. Do
0: you think you'll hit it by the end of the year? Uh, not by not by the end of
1: this year. Okay,
0: but maybe twenty we'll, eighteen.
1: We'll we're, we're going to be pretty aggressive in twenty eighteen.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. That's fair. Um, take me into some of the economics on this. Right. So. It's a hyper competitive space. Like we talked, you know, I've had we talked earlier about some other companies in the space. Um, how are your sales calls going? How are you winning these customers? And specific to that, what's your fully weighted CAC look like on those wins?
1: Yeah, um, I actually I don't have great data on the CAC right now, just because we're experimenting with a lot of different approaches. So much of much of our um, new customers come from referrals uh, and come from inbound, um, and we actually only hired a head of marketing a few weeks ago. And so a lot of the growth to date has been purely organic. Um, the uh, sorry, what was your what was your earlier question? No,
0: it, Well, let me break up those questions into just one one question each. So um, CAC is something you're experimenting a lot. When you say you're experimenting with, you mean you're testing many different paid channels?
1: We're, we're starting with inbound. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to optimize the inbound simply because we, we have such incredible conversion rates on the inbound is working really well that we want to, we want to figure out that channel, um, before we start adding additional channels.
0: What's incredible conversion look like, like more than 20% trial to paid or what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's incredible. All
1: right, good. And then, um,
0: okay. Instead of going maybe into every experiment, maybe this is a better question. So like last month, what'd you guys spend just on paid stuff, paid acquisition?
1: Uh, we, I, I don't feel comfortable sharing those numbers yet. Okay. Um, so uh, w- what I would say is the vast what's it, majority Roy, what's it of definitely it is be what's organic. it definitely
0: less than? It's de- le- definitely less than 10k, 50k, 100k.
1: Yeah, it's under it's under 50k right okay, now. Okay,
0: fair enough. So under 50, most of it's organic. And and so why are people finding you organically? Is, is a core part of your 40 person team based on like content creation, a little media company or what?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of it comes from just doing really good work with customers. Um, so, you know, the sales community is an inherently viral of community and meetings are inherently viral right so when chorus um when chorus joins a sales reps meeting we're actually joining as a participant and what we found is a lot of sales reps will talk about chorus and the value that they're getting out of it right so you know oh nathan yeah just so you know there's another participant here it's chorus it's it's a product that's going to take notes for me so that i can be more focused on our conversation oh that's really interesting and because we work with so many customers that sell into sales right like we are working with the with some of the leading uh, sales and marketing uh, tech companies. So when their customer success teams are meeting quarterly with their customer base and they're using Course and they're getting value out of it, Um, there's a very natural conversation that happens. And so that's what we're finding works really well for us.
0: This is something I've always been very jealous of the document signing space for you guys have such an, I don't want to say it's such an easy job, but it's so much easier than other companies to get your viral coefficient greater than one, because the invite to join chorus is naturally sent as part of the product value. Do you guys actively track viral coefficient? And if so, have you gotten above that one number?
1: We're, we, we've we started tracking it. Um, we actually have an individual product for sales reps. So if you go to chorus.ai, uh, www.chorus.ai slash chorus for reps uh, with dashes between there, so chorus dash for dash reps, um, an individual sales rep can, with one click, start using chorus themselves.
0: Oh, I see this. You're very cool. And so,
1: yeah, and so it's, it's really powerful because... You know, one of the most one of the biggest questions that a VP of sales has is, you know, how hard is this thing to get set up and are my reps going to use it? And, you know, there's all these questions about implementation and rollout. And what we did with the platform was make it so easy to get set up that sales reps start using it. They start loving it. Uh, and then from there, it's very easy for us to have a conversation with with sales leadership about what else we can do for them.
0: Roy, we're running out of time, but last few unit economics questions here before we wrap up with the famous five. Have you guys gotten to negative net revenue churn annually yet?
1: Uh, we are going to find out a lot in 2018 because we're going to have a lot of those contracts coming up for renewal. Um, we do tend to have a very natural land and expand type of model. So we'll start with the account executives and then... Maybe the, the SDRs or BDRs will want to get on the platform or customer success uh, and so on and so forth. So I think overall we'll, we'll expect it to be negative, um, but we'll see.
0: You're still pl- you're saying you don't have a large enough sample size you don't feel like to, 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 to confidently say a $100,000 contract in year one is going to tr- turn into a $120,000 contract in year two for 20% expansion?
1: We, we, we definitely see expansion within year one on most of our deals. Right. And that's just a function of the types of companies that we work with, like they're growing companies and then we expand across teams. Um, the reason that I can't answer that is because we only seriously started going to market at the beginning of the year. And so you'll start to see those contracts coming up for renewal. And that's why I can't answer the question. Did you have no
0: or did you have no revenue in 20 uh, 2016? Was 2017 first
1: revenue year? 2016 was a lot of proof of concepts. Yeah. So we were working with customers and perfecting the product. Yeah. I mean, the, the companies actually only two and a half years old. We moved very quickly. I
0: was gonna say, that's really impressive because I see you guys everywhere. So I want to, this is shocking to me. Wait, so was revenue in 2016, we'll say less than a hundred grand total all in, you really just turned on pricing in 2017. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. And, and you, you know, maybe 2018 you pass a million. I mean, that would be, I mean, very I'm exaggerating, best.
1: I'm exaggerating, I'm exaggerating a little bit, yeah, but for all yeah. intents and purposes it was, yeah, it was, it was this idea of how quickly, you know, There there are a lot of companies that scale inefficiently, right? And it's it's almost like a badge of honor to see how quickly can you add people, how quickly can you scale? And the way that we approached it was, you know, what are the questions that we want to answer before we start scaling heavily? And one of them, for example, was, you know, you talked about customer acquisition cost. Well, releasing a self-serve product for an individual account executive is something that nobody else in the space has done. And we realized that because we had built a product that was designed for salespeople and to be valuable out of the box for them, we thought, what if we just put that out there and we see how it's doing? Um, And it ends up performing very well um, and gets us into some incredible accounts. So these are things that we said, you know. What would, what would we be really disappointed by if we didn't experiment with them before deciding to go to market heavily?
0: Last question on this, because I just remembered, you left Eric Schmidt to start this. Why? How did you have so much conviction
1: that this space was going to blow up? Um, you know what? I, I left, I actually, I had one job in between um, venture capital and Chorus. Um, so, you know, the reason I left uh, Innovation Endeavors was simply because it felt disingenuous for me to be advising these incredible entrepreneurs if I'd never started a business myself. How old were you at that point? I was, I was in my late 20s. So I just finished business school. Um, and so I went back to Bain to pay down my business school debt, which was how much uh, uh, business school is expensive in the States, uh, probably like 150 grand, something like that. Um, and so it was just, you know, pay it down as quickly as possible, learn as much as possible. Um, And then I quit. And I actually took over a year looking at a number of different areas. And for me, it was more about finding something I was authentically excited about, and that I wanted to dedicate the next 10 years of my life to. And um, this idea of machine learning and AI, um, and voice and conversations just felt like the right place for me based on my interests.
0: Yep. All right, Roy, one word answers on these famous five. Let's wrap up number one. What's your favorite business book?
1: Ooh, hard thing about hard things.
0: Number 2 is there a CEO you're following or studying? I would say Bezos. Number 3 is there a favorite besides your own is there a favorite online tool you have? It would have to be it would have to be Slack. Number 4, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I aim for 7. Okay, and what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, married with kids. How many kids? 2 kids. Wow, okay, very good. And and how old are you? 30, 31? I am, I think I'm 35, 35. Very good. All right. Last question. Take us home. Take us back 15 years. What do you wish your
1: 20 year old self knew? Oh man. Um, that's a really good question. Um, observe, try, try to really understand what it was that the people that you looked up to that you were working with were doing. Try to really understand like what it was about them that, that made you admire them and make you work your ass off.
0: There you guys have it from Roy. He's in a hot space. Came out of business school, worked with Eric, then went back into VC. Wanted to eat the entrepreneur dog food before jumping into his own thing. Course.ai launched in 2015. They were really just developing all the way through 2016. Really turned on revenue in 2017. Now working with 100 enterprise customers. But you can get started as, as a sales rep by just going to that link Roy shared earlier in the episode. They've raised 20 million dollars. Super super hot space. Doing less than a million, or sorry, less than 10 million in ARR right now. But hopefully maybe passing that in 20. 20- 2018 if growth goes according to plan. Team of 40 between the R&D team in Tel Aviv and the Bay Area with Roy. Roy, thank you so much for taking us to the top.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Nathan.